Hello, everybody. That's uh, the third episode of the podcast about project management. Uh, the podcast is called Shift M. Today is June 19th, 2017. And uh, it's going to be just myself today, and maybe somebody else will join. Uh, the subject will be about how do we deal with people in the team who are not performing uh, according to our expectations. So what to do with somebody who's not working as good as everybody else and what the project manager has to do in that case in order to solve that problem. And I, I, I picked up that uh, subject from, uh, from an article which I found was published just, published just four days ago on Harvard Business Review. It's an um, online magazine, also an offline, but I'm reading the online version, uh, hbr.org, which is quite a good one about management in general. It's not specifically about project management, but in general about management. And I, I keep reading it for years, and I sometimes pick up articles from there and, and uh, trying to analyze how close they are to my understanding of management and project management. So this one is called uh, How to Handle Underperformers on a Team You Inherit. I'll, I'll give all the links which we're going to talk today about. I'll, I'll post that link in the, uh, in the after show notes for the, for the podcast episode. So don't worry about finding them now. You can find them later. Uh, the article is actually explaining the situation uh, of a person, of a manager, project manager. It's not called project manager. Here is just a manager. And, but still, the problem is related to personnel and the, the staffing situation in teams. So I think it's quite close to what project managers are having. So this lady is uh, <clears throat> explaining, well, the lady... Uh, is the manager who joined the team, who inherited the team. So it was the team managed by somebody else. And then she joined the team as a manager and found out that a few people or one person, I don't, I'm not sure how many, but they are not doing what they're supposed to do. Their performance is not as good as, as this manager expected. And the question is what to do. And then the article suggests that uh, she needs to... Uh, she needs to do this and that. She needs to act quickly. She needs to uh, deal with that this way. And uh, they're like pretty standard recommendations. Standard because I, I Googled and I found like many different articles on the same subject in different places. And they all are suggesting more or less the same thing. So they're saying that uh, we need to listen to the people who are not performing well. We need to talk to them. We need to, to understand what's going on why they're doing it that way. Maybe there are problems. Maybe they don't understand requirements. Then we need to explain them what requirements are. They need to know what the requirements are. And, um, and we need to make sure that they understood them. And if they didn't understand, then we need to, to coach them and to train them proper, more or less, well, probably. And um, we need to ask their feedback, so we need to be sure that they actually got the idea, and then we uh, need to be quite obvious about the, the consequences and all that. So it's kind of standard set of requirements, which are not new at all. But so look at this, for example, the second article, which I found was published in uh, Inc.com, which is also a, a magazine. It's not that high quality as HBR. HBR is not also like high, high quality, but they publish more or less 
I think, articles which you can read and kind of refer to. Inc.com in general is not as good as HBR, but still, so the article I found called Four Keys to Coaching Underperforming Employees. So the key word here is coaching. So it's, the article explains um, how to treat that people and, and make them more uh, productive and maybe, I mean, improve their, their performance or maybe get rid of them, something like that. So quite short and gives four steps. It says in the first step, you explain them the problem, you give them the strategy, the plans, the, the roles, the rewards. The second step, you ask whether they understand that, whether they confirm that they understand that standards and the requirements. The third step is that you make sure that, um, that they are involved in that Thing. So you keep involving them to keep discussions. So keep it going and uh, don't just, don't just uh, expect them to understand everything from the first try. And then step number four, it's called appreciate. So it's kind of, you need to give them some appreciation if they improve, if they become better. Again, quite obvious that I found, I'm just giving you all that step by step in order to, 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 deliver, to show you what these, these famous articles and famous uh, online magazines they recommend. So another one I found is uh, nine ways to manage underperforming employees from entrepreneur.com. Again, quite a big online magazine and it gives more steps, even like one, nine, two, three. Yeah, nine steps. And it says that uh, first you need to give them the feedback if the person is not doing right, I mean, not performing. Basically they're lazy or let's call it the names they are. So people are lazy. Like everybody else, people don't, don't, let's say we're talking about programmers. So one programmer is writing code and other programmer is just sitting and, and watching YouTube and, um, and just, you know, just doing nothing or doing a little bit, just a little bit, just maybe one hour a day or half an hour a day, just not to be fired. I've seen many people like that and it's, it's, it's really typical. So it happens. And, and, and I think in general, people are more lazy than, uh, than, than, than not. And there's actually a uh, <clears throat> quite famous uh, theory, which is called, let me find it. It's called XY, um, yeah, XY motivation theory. So you can Google it and you will find on, the, on Wikipedia, the, the article is called Theory X and Theory Y. So it's, uh, they were created uh, at MIT Sloan School of Management in the 1960s. So like 50 years ago or 60 years ago. Uh, it's quite famous. It, it suggests, this theory suggests that we can uh, divide all the people into two categories. So the first category they call it, uh, no, no, we can divide all managers uh, by into three, into two categories. Uh, so the, the managers, uh, let me say, a theories of human motivation and management. That's right. Um, so the theory X says that uh, we need to do something with our people, with programmers or anybody who we manage in order for them to, to do what we want. So to work for us, because let's face it, everybody in the team, they kind of work for us. So they work for the project. So they, they do something in order to, in order to get something back. But the main point is that they, they deliver us something which we use later in, for our own purpose. So the theory X says that uh, you need to give 
some strict control or strict you know motivation rewards penalties so you need to manage people in order for them to move forward otherwise they'll you'll be just lazy and do nothing while the theory why it's the, the second theory the opposite one says that uh they will just move forward because they love to work because they just enjoy it so the theory x kind of doesn't like we can call it doesn't like people and theory and theory y loves them and and believes in their own self-motivation so it's up to the to the manager which theory to select which theory to uh to to preach and to to enforce in their team so some managers say that our people are just so motivated and self-organized that they will just move forward i don't need to do anything with them they will just they will just love to work while other people say no we need to control we need to give them strict uh, strict uh, strict structure and strict discipline set of rules in order to move forward uh, if you ask me which theory i believe in i would say that um, well, maybe in the end of the podcast, I'll say which one I like. So, but now you know that there are two theories. And now let's get back to this article, which is called uh, Nine Ways to Manage Underperforming Employees. Um, so the, it, has, it says that uh, we need to give them some clear feedback. So if somebody is not, employed, not performing right, so we need to give some feedback. We need to listen to, listen to why they're not performing. So all of these situations, so they basically... They all, all these articles, they are about the theory X, I think. So they, we have to deal with people who don't perform. So we have to deal with people who don't work, don't, don't provide. They just watch YouTube. So all they love to do in the office is to just spend time and wait till the end of the day. So then we need to do something with them. And then it's a question of what, but obviously it's not the theory Y, because they already don't want to move forward. So we are in the theory X corner for sure. So we need to push them forward. And all these suggestions and recommendations, they are, they are coming from that standpoint. So the people are not motivated. So what can we do? And then they, they're suggesting a few steps, uh, what to do with them. So first of all, give them the clear feedback. Just tell them what's wrong. Then listen to their, they call it points of contention. So listen to what's, what's uh, uh, is there a reason? For that failure is there a problem maybe they're sick maybe they just don't enjoy the project they're working on maybe they just don't have qualification maybe they just uh don't get enough money maybe the salary is too low it happens maybe they just don't like the the team maybe they hate somebody in the team or they have some personal conflict so find what's going on uh the step number three uh address company-wide concerns so you need to find out maybe uh, uh, there's something wrong with the, the entire company. Maybe the employee, the, perf the person who is not performing well, uh, will tell you something about the company in general that you may address and somehow improve the company. And then uh, the person will work better. And then another step, another suggestion, find out what makes an employee tick, uh, which means uh, what is the thing uh, that motivates that particular person. So find out, learn, talk, discuss, observe, do everything you can in order to understand what that person is motivated by. 
And then create step number five, create performance goals together. Like find out what, what's a good goal for the person and how to structure that goal so they can, the person can move forward better. Step number six, it's called follow-up. Meaning that after you talk to the person, you just don't throw, just, don't just you know stop the conversation or wait for the results. You need to follow up. You need to discuss again, talk again, make sure the person understands you, make sure everything is clear, and all that. And step number seven: recognize and reward improvement. Meaning that when something will be achieved, actually, then you need to say at least thank you, at least well done, but more important is that you give something back you know, some some appreciation some sign of appreciation uh, the next one formally act on continued underperformance so if they continue to underperform then you need to take some uh, organizational uh, decisions like fire them or move them to a different department or uh, decrease their bonus or decrease their salary whatever do something and the last step is uh, know the right time to cut ties, meaning that uh, you need to eventually get rid of them if they are not really improving. I'm sure you know about all these steps. Uh, the article is not, I don't think it's suggesting anything new, but it's kind of obvious what, what you can do with these people. But that's not the key problem. I think the key problem, the, the key uh, trouble, which I find in all these articles which I read, is that they are kind of suggesting, in my understanding, they're suggesting us project managers to treat uh, team members or employees or performers, as they call them, uh, as kids who are not capable of managing themselves at all. So they are, instead of letting these people figure out their own goals, figure out their own strategies, understand their own motivational decisions, uh, find out what bothers them and change that. Instead, they kind of, uh, they give us the recommendation of uh, babysitting with people and doing everything we can uh, just to make them work instead of treating them as uh, self, you know, self-organized adults which can which can which are equal to us in the level of their maturity in the level of their professionals skills and in the level of their self-management skills so I believe that this in general approach and, and what, what triggers that thinking about in me is that none of these articles are actually well a little a little bit some of them I'll give you the links to but only one article I found is saying that in just one sentence, that's the article in HBR as well, but that's like three years old article. It says how to help an underperformer. And it says that uh, in one paragraph, it says that, uh, let me find it. Yeah, that's, that's the quote. It says, after all, it's rare that it's all the subordinates fault, just as it's rare that it's all the bosses fault. So don't focus exclusively on what the underperformer needs to do to change the situation. Think about what changes you can make as well. So that's the only piece of text I found, which is recommending the project manager to look back and think, what's wrong uh, with you? What's wrong with the project management structure? What's wrong with the project in general? So why 
uh, there is somebody in the team who is underperforming and that person is still in the team? That's the key question I want to ask. So if you get back to the original, the first one article I mentioned uh, in HBR, which was published four days ago, uh, there is a uh, text uh, which says, let me quote it. Uh, yeah, this one. If someone cannot perform, you have to find someone else who can, or you'll be putting your own success at risk. So this is the total shift of the blame to the shoulders of the person who is not performing. Even though it, sound, it must sound completely opposite, it must sound like that. If someone cannot perform and this person is still in the project, then the project manager has to be, we need to find another project manager. So it's a, it's a complete fault of a project manager who was not able to structure the project in the right way so that the, the project will not tolerate the low performance. Because usually what happens, these people who are not performing well, they're not just showing up to the project and then the next day they will start underperforming. It happens during some time. And usually, these underperforming people, they are the people who are in the project for many, for many months or sometimes many years. So what I've seen, what I've observed in many projects is that when you join it as a manager, you look at the team and there are like 15 people there and people who are there for the longest period of time, for years or for since the project started, they are not doing almost anything. They're just sitting there, spending their time, collecting their paychecks, which are in general, in most cases, are the largest paychecks. So they're just collecting them, uh, pretending to be doing something, uh, holding some critical knowledge sometimes so they know some things because they are there from the first day and they're not producing anything. The problem, why it's happening, it's a second question. The first question is how come the project actually tolerates that? So how come we have, for example, the payment schedule or the motivational plan in the project, which, which was okay with that situation for, for a year? So how come these people, they started as good programmers, they started to write good code, they started to be you know, giving a lot of their personal uh, energy and time and uh, dedication to the project, and then slowly, slowly, months by month, they were losing motivation, and the project was doing nothing with that. That means that, in general, the entire structure is wrong. That's what I mean. Let me switch that off. So if, if that is the case, then in this article, the question is like, uh, the lady is asking the question, I just joined the project, I inherited the team, so I joined the team, I observed that trouble, I see that one guy or two guys are not working as they have to, and then what do I do with them? Do I fire them, or do I explain them the goals, or do I uh, discuss with them, or do I need to find out whether they are upset or they have a depression? Not at all. You don't do all of that. You, you first of all, you find out why the previous project manager didn't do anything about it and why the project doesn't have the immune system against that trouble. So the project has to be structured by a manager, by a PM, in a way that uh, a trouble like that, that an underperforming member, will not be tolerated at all. It would be 
maybe ejected, but not necessarily ejected. We don't need to eject that people. That's, that people would not show up. Like in the body, like in a human body, imagine the human body. If you, if you, if you take, if you're a doctor and you see the, okay, not a human, an animal. If you see an animal who's, uh, who's got a disease and one of, the, one of the legs of an animal doesn't work, you don't ask why this leg doesn't work right now and you fix the leg. You first of all ask why the whole immune system works like that, that one leg got out of order long time ago, it doesn't work anymore, and, and, and the animal is still functioning. So if you would be the creator of an animal, if you would be maybe a god or whatever, somebody who is, uh, who is trying to create a perfect animal, you would not deal with one particular problem with one leg. You would look at the entire immune system in the, in the body of this animal and decide how did it happen that the disease showed up and, 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 and um, got into this body long time ago and uh, uh, the body didn't do anything or didn't manage to do anything to actually kill the disease. And the disease is now you know, completely destroyed one leg of that animal. So we need to fix the immune system. It's not a problem with one person who is underperforming. This is not what should bother, uh, this is not what should project manager worry about. The good PM should look back and see what, how is this, how the project is structured? How do we have a, uh, a motivational plan, for example? Do we all know what happens if one of us delivers less result than the other one? So that project manager, who that lady who inherited that team, should open up the documentation of a of a object of a project structure. Should talk to the project management officer, uh, somebody who is above that project, and ask how, in general, you guys uh, structure motivation and performance appraisal and um, uh, staffing uh, management plan. Can you show me that documents? Do they explain what happens if somebody? delivers less result than somebody else? And if the answer is no, we don't have that documentation, then don't blame that person. Don't blame that person who is not performing. He or she is not the, the evil part of that situation. He or she is just probably the smartest person in the team because, because he or she was able to find a way how to stay in the team, get the paycheck, and don't do anything. That's the smartest person. The person who knows how to collect more money delivering less results. This is, just, this is just a sign of being smart. This is what smart people do. And stupid people, they just they keep working even though uh, their work is not appreciated. That's just a sign of stupidity. You can't call it theory why. You can call it only stupid person. So we cannot say that somebody who works and doesn't, doesn't get the, the right appreciation back and keeps working is a self-motivated person. Not at all. Self-motivation is not about uh, working for just for fun. Self-motivation self means that you see the goal and you don't need anybody to push you there. You can just achieve that goal by yourself. But if there is no goal, even the team, if the team was able to, uh, to move forward, to keep working for months uh, without distinguishing uh, a good performer from a bad performer, it means that the good performer was not appreciated for so long. It means that, that, that good performers, if they didn't quit, they were just stupid. They were just sitting in the team without being appreciated, collecting 
uh, incomplete or not enough, not, su not sufficient enough paychecks, and they were uh, delivering more than they were paid for. And of course, people, like I said, people who were not delivering and people who were like, they look now lazy and they look now uh, under, like underperformers, they are the smartest people in the team. You don't need to get rid of them. You need to, to, to see what's going on. You need to understand why and how they managed to survive in this project for so long, underperforming and still being here and still collecting the money. And the only answer you will find is that the previous project manager was the evil, the evil part in this situation. The previous project manager was the one who ruined the whole thing, who, who, didn't, who didn't have enough brains or didn't have enough motivation or didn't have enough uh, know, power sometimes to structure the project in the right way so that underperformers will be ejected or un underpaid and overperformers would be overpaid and uh, retained for as long as possible. So we don't need to, that's my point, we don't need to babysit these people, these programmers. We don't need to, uh, uh, to discuss with them like with kids, like what's wrong with you, how can I help you, what tools you need, maybe you have some conflicts, maybe we need to structure your personal motivation. It's all discussions for kids. You do that with people who are like 10 years old. You help them, you, you do, even with 10, year old, 10 year old, years old, you don't do that. You, you let people control themselves. You let people think about their own future and let them go forward the way they want. So all you need to do as a project manager is, is to give them the right map of how they can achieve more by providing more. And the map should also clearly say how they will be fired and how soon if they provide less, if they deliver less results. And they need to know exactly what that less means. And that map has to be right in front of everybody and has to be executed every day. So it shouldn't be just a paper sitting somewhere. It has to be the real plan, which clearly demonstrates to everybody in the project what's going to happen when we underperform, what's going to happen when we overperform. Um, and I had, um, so I think I, I, I made my point clear. So I really don't like that articles because every time I read them, I see that they are... Uh, they're misunderstanding the role of a project manager. So the project manager is not a babysitter, is not a leader, is not a, a person who will personally motivate somebody and will be in the office and watch everybody and control what they're doing. This is wrong. It's not about project management. The project manager is the person who will structure, who will build that map. And to build that map, you don't need to... Uh, you don't need to be in the office maybe sometimes. You definitely need to listen to people when you build that map. So that's also important. That's also what, 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 uh, what the good project manager will do. The good project manager will talk to everybody and find out uh, what is the right map for all of us. So if I'm a project manager and I, let's say, join the team uh, of programmers and my first task will be, my first thing which I will do tomorrow is I will get everybody together in the office and ask them, uh, how do you guys, uh, well, how much do you get here for, for, the, for the result you provide? In, in other way, how are you motivated? Why are you motivated to stay here? What keeps you here? What's going on? How much are you getting? What's, how big is your salary? Do you know how to increase this salary? So what is the structure? What is the map for you to move forward? And then they will tell me something. They will give me some information. And then I'll ask them, are you, 
uh, do we have a clear understanding of what how we are motivated and can we change something can we improve it somehow and they will give me the input they will tell me for example yes we are interested let's say uh, to get more money when we uh, release something to production in time and we want to get more money when I don't know when the, the, the some metrics go up and then some metrics go down we're ready to, to get less money so they will suggest something they know that better than me I'm a project manager I'm not a I'm not an engineer, well, in, in this particular role. So if I join the project, I don't treat myself as an engineer. I just understand that I'm a project manager. And that could be a project for programmers, or it could be a project for uh, healthcare, or it could be doctors in front of me, just dentists. So I join, let's say, a clinic, and there are like 10 dentists, and my job is to manage them. So I'm not going to be a dentist. I'm just going to ask them. So how do you guys think would be the best structure for uh for keeping you motivated so what do you want for your job how much do you want to get if you succeed and how much do you want to lose if you don't succeed and they will give me some information they will draw it on the piece of paper in five minutes because they know their job and then i will put it all together i will design that map i will design that uh formally called staffing management plan according to pm Bok. So I will just draw that somewhere. I'll just create one simple document, call it like a policy of payments or policy of motivation. Just give it to them and say, hey guys, this is how we're going to work. And I'm going to, I'm going to, my job from now on is to enforce that policy. So starting tomorrow, I check that policy and I give you bonuses and I give you penalties according to the, to the policy. We all sign off this, this policy. We all agree that this is the way to go forward this is the way we all um, need to be motivated and they will all agree because it's going to be nothing wrong nothing against anyone personally and then we're all going to work according to the document and then if somebody loses the, the track if somebody performs less effectively than the policy says then it's going to be obvious for everybody and i'm as a project manager i will enforce all the uh, punishment actions against that person it doesn't mean I'm going to fire that person immediately. It doesn't mean I'm going to uh, take some money out of the pocket of the person. Not at all. But some actions will be taken, definitely. And they will be taken earlier, not later. I'm not going to wait for half a year and then start talking to the person and discussing what's wrong with you. Are you depressed? Maybe we need to restructure your personal goals. I'm not going to do that because the person self, uh, uh, is professional enough to deal with their own uh, plans and problems and, uh, and everything. So it's not my job to tell that person how to manage time or how to manage uh, their mood. It's up to them. They know how to do that. All I do is that I just trust them and, I, and we all work according to, the, according to the policy. So if there is a person in the team who is underperforming, it's a 100% failure of a project manager. There's nothing to do with the performer. Again, like I'm saying, the performer, the, the developer, the programmer is probably the smartest person in the team. If the programmer manages to stay in the team and get the money and not perform properly, that's the best, the best person in the team. You have to appreciate, you have to learn from that person. You have to ask, how do you manage to do that? Teach us. Instead of, instead of trying to, you know, trying to uh, uh, get him or her back on track and just uh, make that person the same as everybody else. 
Everybody else is stupid, and that guy or a lady is smart. And I, uh, one more link I'm going to give you. So there was a question on the, um, uh, the Stack Exchange uh, website called Project Management, pm.stackexchange.com. It, it is, and it was quite good website for questions and answers. It's uh, in the family of Stack Exchange. And I was for a few, probably, yeah, for some time when they started, I was a moderator there probably for half a year or so. And uh, I was asking, answering questions there. And one of the questions which I answered, it was a question, how to transition away a bad developer? So the, 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 the author of the question is asking, what do I do if one of the developers is not performing? The same question, the same trouble. And my answer uh, says, it starts with the quote from uh, Bonaparte, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, who said that nobody, it's really famous, it's, that's the quote I like a lot. So it says, no bad soldiers, only bad generals. Well, he was speaking about the war, but it, it's, it's applicable to the current situation as well. So there are no bad programmers, only bad project managers. You don't blame your people. You don't blame programmers. You don't say they're underperformers. It's your fault as a project manager, always. It's your fault. So if you have a project, again, like I'm repeating myself, if in your project it's possible to be an underperformer and still be in the project, it means that you don't have the policy. You don't have the, uh, you don't have the right document which would uh, define the rules of getting rid of that, of that people. That document has to be there. You didn't manage to create it, that's your fault. You're not a good project manager. And then I'm listing in this answer, I'm listing the, the potential mistakes a project manager made. Um, but the first one, of course, is that uh, uh, the, the, the structure was not defined, and that's why the person just became a, a bad soldier. But there are other things as well, so like micromanagement, for example. So some project manager, they may define that structure. They may say, yes, we have a policy, and then everybody starts working, and the project manager just, just shows up and, and tells everybody, just do it my way. Forget the policy, do it my way. It's called micromanagement, so it's like a breaking, uh, breaking their, our own rules, Project manager can do that, and then don't blame the, the programmer. Don't blame the they, don't blame the person who you are managing. You just violate. You just broke the rules. You just started to micromanage them. So don't blame them. Blame yourself. Uh, another problem which may happen is that so let's say uh, uh, you find the programmer, you get the programmer in the team, and then uh, and then the programmer underperforms from the start. That may also happen. But again. Uh, it's a failure of a project manager because you found the, the, the person, you found the programmer uh, not according to the right requirements. So you didn't understand what the person, let's say you have a, 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 a Python project and then you find a Java developer and you're asking yourself in a few days what's going on, why that person is not writing code as fast as everybody else. Well, because he doesn't have... Uh, enough skills he doesn't have enough uh, experience in writing python code so give it some time so plan it accordingly and put it in the policy so the policy has to also explain what should happen when somebody just joined the team and is not ready yet to perform properly so let's give that person let's say one month to catch up or two months to catch up and move forward uh, if the policy doesn't have that and don't blame the person blame yourself you didn't plan that you didn't structure that you didn't build that road of uh, of the of the learning for the person for the developer. 
and many other things. So I believe that it's all failures of project manager. We all make mistakes and then programmers just, they just, some of them just can't survive and they start to get depressed. They start to fight back. They start to tell us uh, that something is wrong. But the smartest of them, they just, they just, uh, how do you say, hey, just uh, get, uh, they just adapt themselves fast to our chaos <clears throat> and they become very successful in that chaos. So they join the team, they, they realize that the management is weak, that the general is bad. So the general, the commander cannot actually command the team. And then they realize that, they find out, okay, that there are some, a few people who are actually working or moving forward no matter what. So they are technically smart, but management-wise and uh, personal, in, 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 on the level of personal development, they're stupid. So they will keep working. They will keep producing something. And in general, the project will not fail. They just realize that that people exist. And then they stop doing anything because all they need to do is be nice to everybody, smile to everybody, pretend that you're working, and collect the paychecks. Whose failure is that? Of course, the project manager. The management is weak. When the management is weak, we're going to have that underperformance. And I wrote an article on my blog uh, two years ago, actually. It's called How to Fire Someone Right. I remember when I was writing that article, I had a friend who was uh, in the office who asked me, I was doing some consulting project at that time, and somebody asked me that, um, so what's the right way to fire somebody? So let's say you have a person who you need to fire and it's kind of stressful situation all the time. So no matter who you're firing, who are you firing and how bad is that person, it's still a stress. So you don't want to, nobody wants to be a bad guy. So when you fire somebody, of course it's financial stress for the person, it's emotional stress because nobody likes to hear that, uh, that you're not good enough for us. So now you have to go. So it's always a stress and there are so many recommendations for how to fire. You can Google for them and you will find many articles. Just Google how to fire somebody or yeah, how to do it right. It's, there are many, many uh, recommendations and hints. And actually there is a, a quite interesting movie called Up in the Air uh, where George Clooney plays the, the guy who is, whose job is just to fire people. So all he's doing is like an agency. So the, the, the companies, they hire that agency and the agency come in when they need to fire many people so that this agent, this consultant, just flies into their office and uh, sits there for a day or more and fires like 15 people a day. So that, <laughs> the George Clooney character knows how to fire. It's quite an interesting movie. Watch it. Uh, they're just firing and firing and firing people. And they have like technique for that. They have like rules, they have principles, they know what can they say, what they cannot say, and all that things. Because people react emotionally all the time. No matter how bad they are, no matter how underperforming they are, they will react. They will, they will give you back some, <laughs> some, negative, some negativity, that's for sure. And I believe that, again, I will disagree with many articles about that. I would disagree and say that if the project manager has troubles with firing somebody, then the project manager is bad in general. I had, well, I in my life fired, I don't know how many people, hundreds. 
And I remember that only my recent experience was quite successful in that. Because before that, I, I had the same negativity, they had the same emotions, which everybody has. But recently, well, recently, it was like the last four or five years, I guess, I lost many people as well. People come and go, you know, they join you, they leave, whatever. And all of them who I, who I, la who I lost, lost these people, they, 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 they quit. And every time they were quitting, not because I was telling them that you are an underperformer, you have to go, but because they realized, they found by the metrics that they are not performing well. So I made that metrics available for them as a project manager. So I built that, I built the software, I built the, uh, the methodology, which helps me collect the metrics from them. And then I started to deliver that numbers to them. So I started to show them how good they are. And I attached their salaries, their, their, their payroll to that numbers. So they started to earn as much as my metrics appreciated them. And if they didn't like the metrics, if they thought that the metrics are not correct, I gave them the instrument to, uh, to express their concerns. So when they join the team, they can look at the metrics and they can come back and say, I don't like the way the metrics are called calculated. Can you improve that? And we always discuss and sometimes I listen to them and I improve the metrics. But in general, they don't complain a lot because all the metrics are quite clear. We have the policy which explains how the metrics are built and all they need to do is to just work and make sure the metrics are big enough. And when the numbers go down, they just understand that there is no point to stay in the team and they just quit. They quit. I don't fire them. They just quit. They understand that there is no financial reason to be with, with this team. It's just not giving them back enough. So they cannot be that smart underperformers, which I mentioned before. They cannot sit in the team for some time doing almost nothing and still collecting the paychecks. It's not going to happen because the paychecks, the numbers, are connected to the amount of results they deliver. So all they can do is just um, shrug their shoulders and say, all right, I'm going to go. I have nothing else to do here because my, my uh, deliverables, my input is not appreciated for some reason. What is the reason? It's a different story. Maybe you're not writing the high quality code. So sorry about that. Maybe you're not fast enough. Maybe you're not smart enough. It doesn't matter. You're just not good enough for us. And it's clear by the metrics. If you want to be better, improve. You don't want to be better, you can go. And they quit. I never fired anybody for five years, but I lost many people. They quit and they quit and the best people stay with me. So I don't have anybody who would stay with me and be underperformer. It just technically will not happen. It's just not possible. So to summarize, I'm finishing, is that all the articles I've met about that subject, starting with the HBR article published four days ago and to many other articles published for the last 10 years, they're all, in my opinion, making the same mistake. They're talking about underperformance, underperformers as uh, something negative. I mean, as something, of course, it's a negative. It's a sign of a bad manager, but they're talking about them as bad people, as people who, are, who have trouble, who have problems. Actually, these people, they don't have problems. The problems are 
in the project management. So the project manager is in trouble. The project manager is stupid or not professional or not fast enough or lazy. And these people underperformers, they're perfect. They're quite smart people. So don't get rid of them. Think about what you're doing wrong, that these people can actually survive in your project. So that's my point. I hope I managed to deliver it to you. So I'll give you all the links in the show notes and uh, <clears throat> come back next Monday. Uh, I hope that we're gonna have a guest next time. So I will try to bring somebody to the podcast from now on. So it's gonna be one guest every time and it's gonna be some sort of an interview. So it's gonna be more interactive than now. But maybe I'll do myself as well time to time. But you can join, you can just jump into in the air and we will talk and uh, everybody is welcome. So thank you very much. See you next time. Bye-bye.